This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, guys, gals, for what is your Thursday episode. Jeff Lloyd from BrownsMavenSI.com's Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Browns-wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, yeah, guys, there, you know, something's, you know, supposed to be some Browns news and, you know, I don't know of what I've heard of it. I, I don't know how much it's going to be a surprise per se. So, but, you know, I don't really want to go any more in detail and obviously certainly don't want to give away somebody else's work without their consent. So we're not going to do that, but we still got some things to go to. Um, and Pete doing the crossover last night uh, with Bo uh, Brack from Lockdown Cardinals. There are so many storylines for this week going into this game with the Cardinals. Obviously, Kyler, Kingsbury, old buddy Zane Gonzalez, Freddie, Wilkes going back to the desert. There's a lot here, and it's kind of a shame because it would have made for a great game with some great storylines if it was actually really going to be a great game. Yeah, and obviously Freddie Kitchens was part of Arian's staff. Uh, was 11 years out there. Yeah, he was he was there when when Carson went. Uh, Carson Palmer was uh, you know was there. He was there with Kurt Warner, I think. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. Uh, unfortunately, neither team is particularly uh, good right now. Uh, the Browns are playing maybe a little bit better, but this you know a difficult game uh, to go out and win. But uh, that's why you know this is one of those where. I know people are going to be sitting there worrying about style points, but this is one you just want to get the W any way you can get it. It's, and that's, look, guys, I mean, that's the way it should be. And that's what, you know, with everybody in their displeasure with Sunday, whatever it is, uh, A number one, later in the season, you know, you're usually down, guys. So what do you got to do? You, you know, you, you got to find a way to win. You still beat somebody, you still won the game at the end of the day. I just, you know, for you know the rest of that stuff, I, I I don't get it. You know, it's just you know the wins a wins a win. You're playing a team that you're familiar. You know, you're playing a team that you know that you know you're pretty common with. Just you know, it it's not should never be about style points. It should be about wins and ugly wins count just as much as pretty ones do. So as far as any of all that, just uh, let it go. Uh, practice. I mean, Sione Taki Taki sick. That really doesn't concern you too much. JC Treader. Look, I mean, you're getting to the point now where you know. J.C. Treader, I mean, Pete, unless the knee is physically off his body, I mean, I think we've kind of come to the point with J.C. Treader that this guy plays. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what he's saying, too, is that, uh, you know, whatever, you know, the, uh, getting through the week is its own thing, but he's out there on Sunday. I mean, obviously last year he barely practiced the entire season, so he's actually had more time on the practice field this year than, than he's had in, uh, you know, all of last year combined. Yeah, last year, obviously, it was the Kansas City game was the game he got hurt. Everybody I talked to who was there that day said, I don't know what you're going to do at center. JC's going to be gone probably about a month. Um, you know, and obviously then it was just, you know, Fridays, you know, getting the game plan down quickly and heading on out there. Um, so we got some listener questions, and, you know, obviously we'll always get to them. Um, let's start with Dale Harrison. This is actually – this is – maybe this will help you guys understand him. If Dorsey goes – Full stupid and let's Joe Schobert walk. What's the strategy at the linebacker position next year? Um, the strategy is, you know, and we always, you know, we always joke about the line of, you know, we don't practice effed. 
you'd be effed, Pete. And this is now, look, you've you got glaring holes, at least two of them on the offensive line. Hell, you're probably going to have two needs at the wide receiver position. I mean, some of y'all want to make it three. Okay, fine, go ahead there. Uh, you still got a safety room you got to take care of. I mean, so then what's the excuse when the team underachieves next year? Oh, well, I, you know, I, I, we still needed some guys. I, look, man, somebody's got to get a check cut to them sometime. Yeah, I mean, you don't have anybody. Uh, if, if you're just looking at it from how many viable linebackers are there on the Cleveland Browns right now, the answer is one. You may like Taki Taki. Uh, I do. You may like Mac Wilson. Um, okay. Um, you're getting be- but- you're getting better on Mac Wilson than when you originally were. Okay. He, 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 he's not good. I, I, I like their plays he makes. I mean, he had a great, a great play down the sideline, but if you're just looking at the overall game, it's bad. It's it, like – if you're if you're saying right this second, what do you, what do you, who who's your uh, starting linebacker is going to be next year, uh, and and you're saying you know this, let's let's assume you're going to have Schobert in the mix, it's Joe Schobert and mm-hmm. you don't know, I mean that's well you're hoping yeah. you're hoping you're hoping that your rookies can turn into linebacker two and three, or put it this way, if Joe Schobert's not here next year who's your best linebacker? Uh, and the other thing is, what are you going to do in passing situations? Cause you know, just because Mac made one play down the sidelines last week, that's fantastic. But you know, hasn't shown enough yet in coverage. And look, you know, I think a lot of the fan base has fallen in love with that. Mac is a social media personality and says everything you want to hear. And that's fantastic. You, you, you look, I mean, yes, th- those are, you know, that's a guy I, I will root for. I hope it gets there for him. So you love the energy. Uh, I love the respect he has for Joe Schobert and anything he posts about him, talks about him. You love the effort, but sometimes it's got to become substance. Right. Again, so, I mean, look, to me, I think you are in a situation where even if you love uh, those guys, it's, you know, you signed Joe Schobert, which, again, I think is going to happen. Um you still have to find another answer at the other linebacker spot. And this isn't a world where you keep uh, Steve Wilkes and you continue running a 4-2-5. If you were to go to, you know, a 4-3 defense, for example, if, if they were to switch coaches, uh, then it's Joe Schobert and you need to find two guys. So uh, that's sort of where this thing's at right now. And that it's obviously not where uh, they want it to be. And it, it's, it's been a big problem this year. Again, uh, you know, they had Chris Kirksey. They were hoping they could get more out of him than they did. Uh, but uh, uh, they found the situation they're in, and, and they've been basically playing with one linebacker all season, and it's been hugely problematic. And you combine that with some of the other issues on this defense, and it's really been uh, bad, which is why I give Steve Brooks a ton of credit for what he's been able to do because there are, there are some you know, just – holes that he's basically covering up for with his scheme. And I think uh, people are very critical of him. I I think he actually has done uh, a pretty miraculous job on some of this stuff. Yeah. And like, cause it was, that was a lot of it today, uh, you know, on Twitter. Oh, oh, 431 yards to the Bengals. They scored one touchdown. They scored one touchdown. And, you know, when was the week, I guess it was maybe new England where it was like, all right, well, Steve's got everybody. Well, that's great. We gotta still go play the freaking Patriots, and for the most part, 
And anybody, guys, if you were watching that game, the defense was not the issue that day by any means whatsoever. Yeah, well, look, it would be great if the Browns were in a position where they, you know, you know they're forcing however many three and outs and, and causing all these turnovers and the defense just isn't moving. You're just dominating the whole game. And they did that in one game. They did that against the Steelers the first time. Uh, but they have what they have, and I guess my question for the people who doesn't don't like Steve Wilkes is, what would how much better would this look if they had you know another good linebacker, if they had you know two good safeties, uh, and, and if they had a corner that you know at least one corner that's not playing like you know a, a rookie that's you know struggling, and, and you know and you have all your defensive ends that you're supposed to have out there. Um, obviously injuries happen to some extent, but the Browns are just, they're in really bad shape in terms of what they have left right now. And some of that's you know, suspension, some of that's decisions they've made and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not where it's supposed to be. It's, it, you know, and for us, you know, and the issues, that's, that's where the issues are. And, and look, you can say it's Cincinnati and whatever you want to say, but, no Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, we'll see. Uh, missing players of that significance, I mean, and then just constantly having to reshape, reshape yourself each week. It's not been easy in, you know, look, you know, San Francisco, notwithstanding. There was a day they got the doors blown off. Of course, no doubt about it. Uh, from Vince Colludi, who gets fired first? Uh, Monkin or Freddie? Uh, I think that's the biggest issue this year, personally, is that they should have just let Freddie do his thing, not hire someone. Uh, I mean, Pete, and we talked about this. Um, you know how much, how many voices are essentially in Baker's head right now? And you know, they, you know, obviously they mentioned Stanton now. Where you know, we we had joked about this last year in the summer where he was essentially Coach Stanton. He's literally almost become Coach Stanton this year. You got a quarterback coach in Lindley. You got Monken. You got Freddie, uh, you know, first things first, if Freddie's gone, Monken's most likely gone. And, and you know, for Monken, who was supposed to be this hot hire, who could be you know, the next head coaching candidate, that's probably not going to happen. It, it, there's just, I mean, the, the case of too many cooks in the kitchen certainly seemed, I didn't even mean to try that. It certainly means like that applies here. I, I don't like how the process is between, you know, getting the play calls out of the field, but I, at no point do I feel like, you know, Munkin was problematic to what they're doing. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, I think he, he uh, has to bear some responsibility for what is happening with the offense, but uh, that was, this wasn't like they went to kitchens and said, you need to hire an OC. He realized what he was getting himself into being the head coach. Uh, for all the things people don't think he, he does well, uh, he w- would have been a fool not to take an offensive coordinator, even if it's just having somebody in his head to sort of run things by during the game or, or give him critical information or whatever while he's doing other things. Uh, but, um, you know, the, 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 the reports that, like, Stanton is involved. All this. I, I don't know anything. I can't confirm any of that. I don't know. But I don't sit here and think, wow, man, they really upset the apple cart by adding 
Todd Munkin to the Knicks. I mean, they 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 are from the same basic coaching tree. They both are, are, are former Arians guys. They both have, you know, they they both want to involve a downfield attacking passing game, which uh, is consistent. Uh, there, but you may you may not like things they're doing, but I don't think any of it is just you know there's too many too many voices by adding Todd Monk into the mix I, you know, uh, I I think that's too easy I, I don't think that's really an issue I, I, again I think there's there's uh, criticism that can be uh, legitimate in there and in, in how things have gone but never at a point I think you know what that uh, if Munkin wasn't added, things would be better, and I don't necessarily believe in the idea that things would be better if Freddie Kitchens didn't call plays and, and Munkin did. Uh, I, I just think it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, it, I, I can see it that way. I certainly can. I just, I, I don't know. It just, it just seems for me too chaotic, not crisp enough. Um, from what we saw over that second half last year. I, I don't know. I just I, everything seemed precise, and it seemed chess-like. We're going to do this to do this, and this year it's a uh, you know. Th- there's times where you know you watch this offense, and I think it's a lot of uh, let's throw this against the wall and, and see what sticks. Uh, we do got to sneak one in here. More coming. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith on Lockdown Browns. Uh, for all my Spotify users, uh, do me a favor. Go go to Spotify Wrapped. To show us your top downloaded, top Locked On podcast for the year, take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and Locked On Browns. Tag me. Let me see how much, uh, you know, look, I'll, I'll give you guys the appreciation back, but, you know, I, I, you know, I'll get you guys help more connected with more Browns fans. We appreciate you all for being along for this ride. I cannot tell you that enough. So uh, let me see, because uh, I'm going to see if somebody broke the 10,000 minute mark that somebody else did. That somebody else had posted, uh, you know, God bless that, God bless that one for putting up with Pete and I definitely for the for as long as he did. Pete, we uh got more to get to here, and obviously questions, and we will uh, keep on rolling through for you guys. And it's it's great when you guys can help us, you know, put one together here. Uh, we just you know enjoy doing it, and uh, if you're all you know gonna be around, we're certainly gonna bust our hops, do the best I can for you. Um, now, this is if Freddie Kitchens gets to say this is from Matthew Diarcy. Um, is are any coaching changes you would like to see? Um, is it maybe a quarterback coach? I, the question would be if Freddie stays, I guess, what would be the best plan going further? But you're in this tough position here where you, you know, you had a defensive coordinator who was hopefully here to rebuild up his resume to get some head coaching hires. I'm not sure if it's going to work that way for Steve Wilkes. Um, although he hasn't done a bad job for those of you, you know, we're definitely pro Steve Wilkes. Um, the question would be, you know, where you're at. I mean, cause you have Monken who was kind of, you know, the same path that he was maybe that next guy. I, would you, would you run it back? It, 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 that's a tough one. Well, I, I mean, I, I think a hundred percent you get rid of, uh, 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 Ryan Lindley. Uh, I think, um, you know, that may be a convenient fall guy, but I do think, and, and no, this is not a cry out for, well, they have to get Ken Zampezi back specifically, but I do, I do think uh, Ryan Lindley uh, isn't 
where he needs to be, where he would pro would be with more uh, experience. Uh, I think he, he may have been brought up for a job he's not quite ready for at this point, um, which is not, you know, doesn't make him a bad person or anything. I just think the job is a little bit too big for him at this point. Uh, I'm not, I don't love the defensive back coach. Uh, I think it's Dwayne Walker. Um, yeah, I have some real questions on that. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I don't, you know, there aren't any positions where I'm sitting there like unhappy too much. I, I, that's the thing is I think people forget very quickly that they assembled a really good staff, uh, mm -hmm. you know, even from offensive line coach. I love James Campin, Steve Wilkes. They got a really good linebackers coach and Al Holcomb. Uh, defensive line, Tosh LaPoy, I think has done a, a, a fine job with the guys who are good. Um, I think they, for the most part, they have gotten better. I think Sheldon Richardson has taken a step forward. I think Miles Garrett was playing defensive, defensive player of the year football. Uh, you know, up till he got suspended, I think Olivier Vernon was playing very, very well. I thought he did a really nice, I think he's done a really nice job managing reps. Uh, for those that guys. was that was one of the nicest surprise of this year, and you know I you know because we bitched all last year about Greg Williams and the unsustainable pace, and thank God it was okay and it panned out in the end, but a lot of rotation on the defensive line, which is I mean look, you need that a number one for player health, player safety, but you know these guys at now should be able to find a way to contribute as long as you know you think what you're doing is right and you're not putting guys in bad position. You can steal two, three rips, reps, not just oh, uh, you know, you're off the field for one play. Yeah, so you know, again, and 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 I, I could be dead wrong about Dwayne Walker. I, I've just never been terribly impressed with him. Um, uh, you know, Adam Henry. Is, I, I don't think this has been a great year for Adam Henry, but the, you know, this was the guy, you know, that that that, that uh, you know. The guy from LSU. This was the the guy who was going to sort of be the 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 person for uh, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry's obviously had a better year. Uh, I think Odell has a lot to do with that, but you know, I'm I'm not going to argue with the product. So I, I, you know, I think Adam Henry uh, may be a guy who's who's pretty safe almost regardless of uh, coaching staff. Um, so the, the argument to sort of run it back. With the with the you know the exception of like a guy like Ryan Lindley is basically that um, you know you it, Stump Mitchell's a good coach too. Uh, you brought all these guys in who are really really good, and you're hoping that much like some of these young players, that a year uh, another year they will sort of get a lot better. I, you know I have a lot of confidence in guys like uh, uh, Wilkes and Campen on that front. I think. Uh, well, I'll that's the thing, and that's the one with Campin is, you know, everybody's, it, it's not just, you're not going to see it in a year. You know, you'd like to have Campman back, and I'm going to tell you guys, um, if it turns out to be McCarthy, <laughs> that's probably going to happen. But you want to, Campin, you view, you know, next October, and where's Wyatt Teller at? Where's Drew Forbes yeah. at? You can't give Campin now and, and base his job where he is now. Well, the other part of that is I, I like the way they, they're running their offensive line. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to suddenly become a heavy gap scheme team. I think they do the, the things they do, they're doing right now really well for the most part. 
Um, I think that would be a really unfortunate side effect to uh, changing coaching staffs. Um, obviously, I think Campin is very good at his job, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean those are those are some potential benefits of, of sticking with it. Now, yeah, I mean you mentioned Mike McCarthy. I, I would assume he you know, uh, would want to maintain that. Obviously, he does have a relationship with Campin. You know, one would think that could work. Uh, you know, anyone else who knows, but uh, I think those are definitely. Again, I just think the staff is really good. Obviously, Mike Prefer's done a really nice job for the most part. Um, I, you know, I know a lot of people are sort of critical of some of these people, but a lot of it is just what do you believe is Freddie Kitchens capable of in terms of improving, you know, in the off season and in the next year. And if you if you believe in that, um, I think you can talk yourself into him being back for another year. If you can't, um, that that's where it becomes tough because you're going to lose some of those guys as naturally happens. So, like, for example, you know, if it's Mike McCarthy, presumably these guys he's hired to sort of help him out, at least some of them, if not all of them, are going to go where he goes. So it's not like, you know, you're going to just be able to essentially insert McCarthy into the Brown situation and be like, okay, we're good. We're just going to add this one guy. I mean, there's other people that would come with it. So these are sort of the things that you have to keep in mind. Obviously, um, when you interview, you know, that's part of it. You're pitching the staff. Um, you've presumably reached out to these people and have, have sort of been able to, to get these people to sort of buy into what you're doing, which could be more difficult if you know uh, in the current situation. So it's tough. Like I can absolutely see both sides of the argument. I, I, I'm very intrigued by what McCarthy's at least announced he's been he announces he's been doing. Um, I'm intrigued by some of the other names that I've seen um, thrown out as sort of the experienced head coaching candidates. Um, but I'm also, you know, I wish I had more information, but I, I'm intrigued by what theoretically could happen with a year of development in, with Brady Kitchens and doing the things they've been doing offensively and how much better that can get. I, I don't know what the right answer is, and I don't know if there is necessarily a right answer. I, I think part of the problem is, like, much of – what people think is wrong with the organization will be fixed if they get rid of one person. And I don't think that's realistic because I think, uh, I think John Dorsey bears some responsibility. Obviously it goes to ownership and sort of what they're expecting. And it's very easy to go, well, ownership is bad and it's really difficult to, you know, quantify what that means, but obviously they have to always be sort of vigilant and, constantly auditing what they're doing to get a sense of how this is going, you know, what, how various parts of the organization are ultimately going to benefit them in the future. And this sort of touches on, you know, uh, I, I don't, I doubt you've heard this because it's been picked up in Cleveland uh, because it's on one of their radio stations, but a conversation with Jason Lockhart for that was on a radio show back in at Phelps talking about, you know, it, he used uh, David Tepper, uh, the the Panthers owner who just bought the team is an example where he's basically auditing everything in terms of what's going to be 
you know, what's going to be beneficial to me in, in, you know, six months, 12 months, 18 months, and, and if it's not, why isn't it, and what do I have to do to improve it, and suggesting that the Haslam's have to do that. The problem you have with any of that question is, like, let's take the medical staff thing, for example. Let's say you believe that that's a real issue. Like, this is something, you know, that, that could have theoretically been addressed in September, and we don't even know. Like, that's part of the thing when you get into these, these things. But, yeah, I, th I think uh, ownership always has to be looking to where they can sort of get better. It's, you know, this is your this is your baby, so to speak. So you always have to be sort of looking for ways to, to, to find areas you can improve and make it more efficient and make it more competitive uh, with what everybody else is doing. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. And the, and the thing with Freddie is, you know, with him being, you know, a first time head coach at any level whatsoever, it's, you know, would in year two, now he knows the things he didn't know where, you know, look, I've got an assistant coach to yell at the officials. Um, I, you know, <clears throat> I don't need to, you know, pray and whine and sting for every call. I need to understand that getting the play into the huddle at the 10 cent, you know, 10 second mark, eight second mark is bad um, because you're getting free pass rushers. There's not enough time for the quarterback to establish what coverage is and, you know, the use of motion and that type of stuff. You know, where could Freddie be with taking this year, sitting down and processing it during the offseason and say, all right, and looking at his own mistakes. Look, there's only so much you can do, it, you know, peaking the test of this. There's only so much you can do to improve yourself as a coach during the week. It, it, there's only so much time you have. So you can't sit down and essentially coach yourself in that same time while you're setting up game plans, while you're watching film, while you're running. You've only got so much time in season to do what you got to do with it, with how fast the season goes by. And now when he can step away from it and then kind of review himself and then coach himself. And I can't do this. This is stuff I can't get involved in. I've got to be better at this. And, you know, you're more cognizant of it because now you've had a year under the belt of your job. Um, this actually kind of leads into this next question here. I just want to make sure. Uh, this is from uh, – uh, uh, I can't even read the ad. So from at Send the, Play, uh, Send the Playbook, appreciate this one because this one ties in well here. Was this really that unexpected with a new head coach, first time head coach, any level, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coach, uh, offensive line coach. Look, you know, a lot of these coaches, I, you know, a lot of it was new. Um, you know, the Zampezi thing, here's my thing with Zampezi. Um, because you know, everybody, you know, and I got in a war with one day, and this guy's name doesn't be worth to be even mentioned on this show, so I won't do it. Um, uh, he was in Cincinnati all those years, they were never running those fun, cool looking plays that we saw at the end of last season. So, if you want to credit that to Zampezi, I, I, honestly, I don't know, nobody knows, but um. Those things and the Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry counters. Uh, I never see, saw anything cool like that come from the Bengals for all those years. So I don't know how you can truly credit Ken Sam, Ken Sambezi for this. But, you know, Pete, you know, and look, and I will say John Dorsey said, maybe we are not there yet. And we spent so much time talking about how seven, eight, and one was good and it was great last year. But the, you know, the progression to get from seven to a 10 and 11 win team 
with a first-time head coach, you know, granted with what's brought what was brought in, you know, did we maybe poo-poo it and not give it enough? That's fair, but I mean, if you want those other two wins to where this team has already got eight wins under their belt, it's not hard to find. I mean, there, there's it's Seattle is one, Denver's one, obviously, no doubt. Um, you know, maybe if you had Demarius Randall and you know it had you know Miles Garrett for your second Pittsburgh game, would have been a different story. So it's not that difficult to make the to take this team from you know six and seven to possibly you know you know eight and eight and five right now, it's not that hard to find those two wins that make the difference, which makes this look so bleak. Well, I think there's absolutely an element of putting the cart before the horse. I don't, I don't think that can be denied. Um, uh, at the same time, like some of the stuff that has happened, you couldn't predict. Obviously, Miles Garrett's situation, I mean, you can't, you can't. Unless his name was Vontez Perfect, there was no way you could expect that. Um, and, and you know that 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 killed a week. You know that that was a great moment for the Browns, and it absolutely derailed a week. Uh, ten days, that, ten days it killed because you, it was a Thursday nighter. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you you, you won a game. You know, it's, you know, in, in so many other situations, that would be. Kitchens is our guy. You know, they beat the Steelers. This is the whole thing. Hell, they'd and be building I, a think, statue if Miles hadn't gotten ejected. And, and and as I said at the time, I think, you know, the Steelers game always gets overrated um, in terms of importance. Uh, it's made into something it really isn't. You know, it's not like Ohio State-Michigan where, you know, the, the, that's, you know, so often a season breaker. This was one game uh, that certainly mattered, and and they won. Um, but again, if you don't have that situation at the end of the game, I think it's a, a thoroughly great moment. You you have a game like the Buffalo Bills, you know, they win, and yet the whole focus, uh, you know, nationally was sort of the laugh line that was, well, look at them in the red zone, ha 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 ha, they can't get in the red, they can't get in the end zone. They won the game, you know, and, and I don't think it was nearly as muted excitement in beating the Bills because the Bills were a, a good Record-wise, uh, that was a, a, a very credible victory. But, again, it had these other things attached. And you, you beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and, and, and I don't think people are wrong to sort of criticize the, the fact, the, the way they, they sort of had issues winning it. But Freddie Kitchens comes out on Monday, and the press conference is immediately about Baker Mayfield's comments about the medical staff and then the various things that that were reported in terms of Odell Beckham. Like there's an element of, you know, that's not Freddie Kitchen's fault. You know, that's just, that is, you, you can say that's a, a very Brown specific issue. And I guess there's compelling reason to listen to that argument. Uh, but that's not like Freddie Kitchen did that. There are a lot of these things that are sort of, you know, uh, just just out of his control that also happened. So, I mean, I think there there's real criticism to be had in terms of, you know, Freddie Kitchens wasn't up to the job or not to the level that the Browns needed him to be uh, to make this leap. But 
all these things, all these other things also happened, which sort of, you know, was its own factor for why the Browns are, are, are where the Browns are. Uh, it's it's certainly been a ride and a lot's to come. Um, got one more thing we're going to get to here with Pete, but I do got to sneak this in as we keep you rolling on through Lockdown Browns. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash all caps locked NFL. Use the promo code locked NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. And if you can't visit casper.com right now because you're driving in the car, I understand it. When you get a sec, sit down, check out everything from a locked on sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. But we appreciate all of them. We appreciate all of you. Let's find you guys a way to save some money on some products that everybody needs. Pete, this is the one here. And, you know, is if they truly are interested and Mike McCarthy wants this job, is there any way right now Freddie's got a chance other than playoffs? I mean, is there any way Freddie Kitchens can beat Mike McCarthy's resume, Mike McCarthy's experience, and the fact that Mike McCarthy's already got friends, longtime friends in this building? Uh, I think the, the, it would entirely be a situation where the devil's in the details, and that would be along the lines of, um, you know, if he wants, uh, you know, control over things that John Dorsey's not comfortable in giving him stuff of that nature, um, I could see where, you know, he might be more comfortable. But, yeah, I mean, that's a really difficult uh, situation and obviously that that, that you know, again this is one of those things where you know if the Browns are it, it, let's say it's a a really hard fought six and seven and it's not you don't have some of the issues that you've been dealing with and and, and you know the, this team isn't as you know in many ways detestable as it has been this year um, I still think he would be a significant disadvantage I I, I just it's it's even if Freddie Kitchens is doing a great job and, and people really like him, I think this becomes a, a difficult situation just because Mike McCarthy, you know, has a Super Bowl. He has a ton of wins in this league. And, and if you're, if you're sitting there, you can easily talk yourself into the, the notion of, Oh my God, well, this, this guy who was sort of out of date is, is taking the time to sort of try to get himself, caught up with the league so he can be competitive and, and, you know, potentially take another team to the Super Bowl. And, you know, obviously that's, you know, that's never been done, uh, but uh, it's very easy to talk yourself into the idea that, you know, Mike McCarthy with Baker Mayfield and all these things can, can be a really, uh, you know, imposing force. So the fact that Freddie Kitchens has had these, the issues he's had uh, makes it certainly easier uh, to to talk yourself into Mike McCarthy, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 don't know, you know, what is or what isn't true, but just you know, speculating on it that, that that they have a bunch of guys with Packers connection, including Dorsey, even if it's not directly with McCarthy, um, 
and you've got an, an impatient GM and, and, and ownership and everybody else that wants to sort of get the best thing out there, it's very easy to sort of just go, yeah, we're going to go with the guy who's won the Super Bowl as opposed to the guy we're not sure about and, and we aren't even sure if he's getting better uh, throughout the season. I'd argue he is, but it may not be enough. Yeah, and that's the thing because, you know, Mike's already got several relationships within the building and with Freddie and look, if it's playoffs and by the miraculous skin of their teeth, it happens. Um, That Baltimore game, I'd feel, you know, without Miles, yeah. I, I just don't know how you do it. And look, Baltimore is better now than when you beat them. Granted, you beat them 40 to 25. I get all that. Um, but it's humming right now. Um, and it's not like it's week 17 where there's a shot. They would maybe not play Lamar Jackson week 16. I think they will one wholeheartedly. And, you know, look, then you can't. But then again, you can't really give Freddie Freddy that win if it's against the team that didn't have Lamar Jackson, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a tough, tough fight for Freddie um, in that respect, because, you know, he's fighting an opponent that's got a resume longer than his. And then it's, well, well, if Freddie can improve on this, 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 and this, but guess what? If Freddie doesn't do that in year two, John Dorsey loses his job, most likely along with Freddie. And it's all the way back to square one as much, you know, it's, you know, we've stressed this. We we'd rather maybe a lot of it wants to run it back, but if you have that guy, you says, yeah, I'll take the gig. It it makes it extremely hard. I mean, you guys read the article Pete wrote Uh, it's, it's going to be a tough spot for Freddie because if Mike wants his job, it's, it's just very difficult. Pete, we're running on short on time league wise, Brown wise, anything you want to hit on. I don't know about league-wise or, or any of that stuff. I have a, My question is, why did they feel like they had to remake the movie Flatliners? It's a really good movie, the original one. Just felt like throwing that out there. It's been on TV lately. Good flick. You ever seen that? Oh, absolutely fantastic movie. And I had no idea there was even an attempt at a remake. And oh, it was uh, a couple, he, like a, a year or so ago. Well, the point is why? I mean, look, I mean, you know, write some new shit. I mean, this remake, I mean, look, you know, if you're going to take one or two, a couple of great classic films, that you know, no, but, you know, just do your own work, man. Just do your own work. Don't steal somebody else's idea and try to prove on something that has a great track record and history to it. And normally they don't usually turn out nearly as well. Uh, he is Pete Smith. You can find him at underscore Pete Smith underscore everything. Uh, make sure you're following over at Brown's Maven. SI.com, Browns Maven, all the work over there from Pete and his guys that continuously push out great content for you. The show's Twitter account, at LockedOnBrowns, all lowercase, always follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, Appreciate everybody. Obviously, the DMs are always open. Anything you need, you know you can hit me up over there. Um, It's We're getting close, guys. There's only three left. It's crazy. Um, I stress to you how fast the NFL season goes. Uh, let's enjoy it. Let's get some wins here. Whatever comes of it, comes of it. And, uh, you know, we'll get you more going on this week. You know, plenty more episodes, a lot more content. 
appreciate everything when the news drops. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about that, you know, on tomorrow's episode as well. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.